Welcome to Real Radiant, a podcast from the heart to help you connect to your radiant self. I'm your host, Morgan Lesniewski, and each week I'm bringing on some amazing guests for real and honest conversations on topics like lifestyle, wellness, and how to live your best life. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Real Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Lesniewski. If you're new here, welcome. If you are returning, thank you so much for tuning in again. Today, I'm joined with Carolina Salazar for a part two episode. If you haven't listened to the part one, definitely go check it out. It was so great. She's so knowledgeable, such a great person to have on the podcast, and I loved talking with her. So I highly recommend you go check out the first one. And in this episode, we talked all about cycle syncing, and she gave a really in depth rundown on your cycle, the phases of your cycle, what you should be doing to really bring some natural balances to your hormones if you're experiencing hormonal imbalances, and just some tips and tricks that she incorporates on a daily basis to help her track her period, sync her cycle, and just keep her hormones in balance. So it was definitely a really great episode. I know that you guys will learn a lot. I learned so much from her. And I'm so excited for you all to hear it. But before we get in, I just want to give you guys a reminder to rate and review the podcast and whatever platform you're listening on. And also follow the Instagram at Real Radiant with two T's where I'm posting about the podcast, lifestyle, wellness, yoga tips, all that good stuff. So definitely go check it out. And without further ado, here's Carolina. Hi, Carolina. Thank you so much for joining Real Radiant for a part two. I'm so happy to have you on today. Hi again. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me. This is so great. And so like you know, I usually start the podcast with the question like what's one quote that's resonated with you and changed your perspective, like things like life, jobs, relationships, anything like that. So do you have one or any piece of advice that you love to share that you really hold on to? Yes. So I don't think this is going to necessarily tie into what we're kind of diving into today on the podcast, but Mm-hmm. A quote that's different from the last one that I shared last week or in the last episode yeah. is actually my yearbook quote. And it's so funny. I picked this quote when I was like 18 and I still really resonate with what it's about. And the quote is, remember, no matter where you're going or, you know, where you go to, there you are. Mm-hmm. And it's like essentially just a reminder that wherever we are we're just there like this is the present moment this is what we're living this is what's in our current reality not all the mental pictures and projections we have of the future not a past memory just the present moment and it's so funny because like when I put this in my yearbook many years ago I was not like into personal growth or spirituality as I am today. So I think it's a pretty deep quote for an 18 year old to have <laughs> put in her yearbook. I love that though. I love that. And it kind of like foreshadowed where you would be later in your life. Cause like now you are super into, into personal development and growth and all that stuff. So it was kind of like a prelude to what you're doing now, but that's such a good reminder. Cause we definitely yeah. get caught up in like focusing on the past or the future instead of just accepting right now for what it is like it goes back to that kind of saying too like it is what it is you can't change anything it doesn't matter what happened in the past doesn't matter what's going to happen in the future all you can control is right now so I love that exactly exactly and it kind of is like building upon the quote that I shared 
in the last episode, which was at the end of the day, like when you take responsibility for your life and accountability, that's how you create change. Mm -hmm. And so the only way to really take change, to make change and to create accountability in your life is in the present moment. So that kind of intertwines both together. Yeah, I love that. So today, last time we talked really a lot about like body image, eating disorders, all that kind of stuff. But I really wanted to dive in today with you on cycle syncing, because I know that that's one thing that you really heavily focus on and try to tell people about. So what exactly is cycle syncing for those that don't know? And kind of like, how did you get into it? Or like, what inspired you to share it with people? Yeah, of course. So cycle syncing is essentially a way of living your life it's a lifestyle method where you have awareness of your own menstrual cycle and where you're at in your menstrual cycle and then you're able to make small tweaks into your habits your commitments your daily routines to just match the energy of where you're at in your cycle and to overall feel better and work with your body instead of against your own body And how I got into it, which was the second part of your question, is I used to have a very irregular menstrual, got my period pretty much. So like many, many years ago, it always used to be pretty regular. I didn't think much of it. Like I would get my period and then many months would pass. I was like, what, 14, 15. Mm -hmm. And then many months would pass and then I would get it again. And it just wasn't very regular. And when I struggled with my eating disorder, which we kind of dove into in the last episode, I lost my period completely. And I, at the time, thought that going on birth control was going to solve that problem. Then it was going to help me get my period back, which is actually not true at all. Because when you're on birth control, it just gives you a fake period. It just puts synthetic hormones in your body. And then when those synthetic hormones drop, you get a quote unquote period, but it's really just your uterine lining, like shedding those synthetic hormones. So it's not really your period. And I wasn't informed and I didn't know about so many different things. So I ended up going on birth control. I was on birth control for a while. Then I switched to an IUD. And during my time in the IUD was when I first heard the word cycle syncing, which was honestly because of TikTok, like different girls who had gone off of the pill, their cycle naturally were talking about how they felt connected to their feminine, how they were able to structure their businesses and their schedules around their menstrual cycle. And I just thought it was really cool. It kind of lit up this light bulb in my mind of a possibility that was available for me. And I felt very, I felt very disconnected from my own body at the time. I didn't have that awareness of where am I in my menstrual cycle? How mm-hmm. can I tap into that divine feminine even more? So I started becoming interested in it. I started learning a little bit about it back then. And this was in 2020. And as I started learning more about it, I already knew I wanted to get my IUD out. So I did. I struggled with that period of time, though, because I didn't have the knowledge and the te- like, technical, like, real life skills on how to actually implement cycle syncing in my life, how to know when I was fertile, how to know when I should be, you know, using condoms or how it, when I'd be more at risk for getting pregnant or whatever. I didn't know anything. I just knew that I wanted my cycle to be regular and I wanted to be connected to it. So because it was kind of stressful and confusing, I ended up going back on the pill. So I went back on the pill and I was on the pill for another four or five months after that. I'm also in a long-term relationship. So at that point, you know, for us, it was kind of stressful and confusing not to know all this stuff. So that's part of the reason why I went back. And then 
after those couple of months, I was like, no, I'm actually completely ready to just not deal with this anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's when I ended up going off of the pill for good. And for a while, I still, as I said, felt very lost, very confused. I didn't have anyone to guide me on what to really do to connect to my cycle and to get it to be regular. So I kind of had to figure it all out by myself mm-hmm. through a lot of research, through reading books, through consuming content and dove really all in. And as I started to do that, I started to make tweaks into my nutrition, into kind of different little lifestyle elements like movement. And ultimately, after doing all those things and through my own journey with it, I was able to get my cycle to be regular, which is so like amazing. And I never thought it would be possible. So that was a huge win. And I did start feeling more connected to my needs and to my body. And that's kind of what led me to then start sharing all of this on my platform and educating girls about their cycle and teaching us women what we should be taught about our body. And so that's kind of how I got into it. And then I ended up going down the route of getting a certification. So I also now am hormone certified. I know about like our entire endocrine system and I have a better and more thorough understanding now of the entire endocrine system, how all of the hormones interact with one another and how Mm -hmm. lifestyle really does matter and the actual lifestyle switches that we can make to improve our hormonal health so I can help other people Mm -hmm. with that more. I love that. I love that story. It's always the best like when you experience something for your own and go through kind of like that journey on your own and then you take your knowledge and then share it with other people because you're using your own personal experience to help people. And I feel like that just creates such a vulnerability and like relatability between you and the people that you're helping because they're like, oh, she's been through this before. So she obviously has an idea of what she's talking about and I can take her knowledge and hopefully it'll help with help me too, you know? So I love that. And as far as like hormones and your period and cycle syncing, I know that there's like, there's so much information out there and not all of us learn about our hormones and like our reproductive hormones and stuff in school. I know I like did not get a firm foundation on it. And like, there's so much information out there, like I said, so it's hard to know like what it's all about. So could you kind of like give us a walkthrough on your hormones and the hormones that you that fluctuate like when you're on your period or off your period and just like how it all works yeah for sure and that's something I was actually just talking about in another podcast where I was uh, chatting with one of my friends and how our sex ed education like even biology like there's so much that we're not taught that we should be taught that's like basic Mm -hmm. like basic Mm -hmm. information and I think that we're we're really taught this like fear-based mentality of like you can get pregnant at any point in your cycle, quote unquote, like be scared of getting pregnant all the time where it's not true. Tech, like mm-hmm. literally physically, it's not true. And I think that like I was sharing this with my boyfriend and he was saying like, well, like, don't you think that would then encourage, you know, women to like not be careful and that it would increase the rates of like teen pregnancy And I think obviously that's a risk, but at the end of the day, it's better to be taught correct information Mm -hmm. than to not know the truth about our own body and then be disempowered. And I have one friend who said she learned about a lot of this in like 
IB bio. But not everyone takes IB bio. Yeah, yeah. About hormones. So anyway, let's dive into it a little bit. I'll kind of give an overview of the main hormones that affect our cycle. There are many that play a part. Like there are so, so many different ones. But I'll dive into the three main ones, which to me are just basic. Like everyone should know this. So men operate on a 24-hour hormonal cycle. Women operate on a 28-plus-day hormonal cycle. And men have testosterone-dominant bodies, while women have estrogen-dominant bodies. Those are, like, the two main differences, like, high level. But, obviously, there are some similarities between the two hormonal systems at some time, you know, at to some degree. Mm-hmm. But the three main hormones that women should know about is estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone our cycle is made up of four phases and we can dive into that too but the biggest and most important differentiator is that the first half of our cycle is very different than the second half of our cycle and the difference between the two like the shifting point is ovulation so the first part of us of our cycle is leading up to ovulation and the second part of our cycle is after ovulation has happened And so in the first half of our cycle, which is like basically from like the first day we get our period up to ovulation, estrogen is a dominant hormone. So estrogen starts rising around day three of your period. When you're on your period, the hormones are all at the lowest. And then estrogen starts rising and rising and rising. And so is testosterone, though in like much smaller quantities. And both of them peak at ovulation. And what estrogen really like, what it makes us feel is kind of like this energizing anything is possible I can conquer Mm -hmm. the world like energy Mm -hmm. like more energetically not necessarily like biologically but when estrogen is the focus you have more energy you're probably more likely to want to socialize you're more likely to want to try new things you want to go and do the hit workouts you want to go and go on a run you have the ability to do that like you feel the energy and it's available to you in larger quantities Mm -hmm. and so after ovulation which is essentially when an egg is released ready to be fertilized after that happens and the egg is not fertilized in that month aka you don't get pregnant in that month you don't have unprotected sex where you know sperm goes inside your body fertilize that egg like when that does not happen slowly becomes something called the corpus luteum and that eventually is like when at the end of our cycle when that happens when the egg was not fertilized and all of this takes place you shed your uterine lining as your period but in the second half of the cycle after estrogen and testosterone peak at ovulation they start to fall they start to like decline and progesterone which was basically dormant in the first part of your cycle starts to rise and progesterone is the start of the show in the second half of the cycle. And so that's why in the 10 days or so before your period, you might start feeling a little bit less, you know, energized, like a little bit more low energy, a little bit more chill, like you don't really want to go out as much. You don't have the energy to go and like jump up and down, do a hay workout for an hour. Like that's just not the vibe. <laughs> and you're more inclined to want to like pour more into yourself maybe even subconsciously and you don't even realize that's the vibe but like might feel less natural for you to do and that's because progesterone what it creates in our body is it basically just creates this like comfy environment for a baby to be 
potentially born. So mm-hmm. it's essentially a fertile and nurturing environment inside of like your uterus for a potential baby and for, for a potential life to be created. So if you think about it, like symbolically, your body is basically telling you like, we need to like protect our body and be super gentle with ourselves because potentially life is coming into this world and we're preparing for that. So that's what like your biology is doing. And so that's kind of the overarching kind of view into it. We do have a second like peak in estrogen in the second half of our cycle, close to the end of the the cycle, but it's not as pronounced because progesterone is still in higher quantities in estrogen in that second half. So that's kind of the overarching structure of the cycle hormonally. But it's important to know that there's a lot of women who struggle with hormonal imbalances. And if that's the case, then these levels of hormones might be not in optimal quantities. Mm -hmm. And that's what would then lead to like some (laughs) uncomfortable symptoms, whether it's very bad PMS, horrible cramps, moodiness, fatigue, skin issues, etc. For a lot of women, and they might struggle with these uncomfortable symptoms. And that's because the quantity of one hormone, let's say estrogen, is just in a weird proportion to the other hormones. So for example, estrogen dominance can be very common with women. And that's because, and so that can also be an issue. And therefore, that overall structure of the cycle might be a little bit off and maybe your cycle length will be a little bit different you know maybe your period might be gone like there can be all these different things and it's so bio-individual but that's like how an optimal cycle would be basically structured Mm -hmm. and like running hormonally Mm -hmm. yeah I like that there's so much information to unpack there but I guess like the biggest thing because I know that I think nowadays like hormonal imbalances are so common amongst everyone so what do you think are the best like tips and tricks to kind of like heal your hormonal imbalances naturally either through like diet and exercise and kind of like help it boost your cycle as well for sure let's dive into it One of the most important things when it comes to creating hormonal balance in your body and in your life is paying attention to your liver. The reason for this is because the liver in our body is what detoxifies hormones. It's what detoxifies any, basically any substance that is fat soluble that could be considered a toxin. So for example, the liver detoxifies alcohol. It detoxifies caffeine. It detoxifies any external toxin. So let's say like you come into contact with like pesticides in your food. The liver will detoxify that because it's considered an external toxin. Or like there's toxic harmful chemicals in your cleaning product, your water. Like sometimes there can be excess hormones like in tap water. There's all these different ways your body can come into contact with these substances a couple other examples are like over-the-counter medicine so like advil like that's will also be detoxified by your liver and there is one more that i'm missing oh like any drugs really right so like Mm over-the-counter drugs or like nicotine weed whatever so all these different things are detoxified by your liver 
And the liver has two detoxification pathways. Basically, like any toxin will come in to your liver. Your liver will make it even more fat soluble or like an even more like fatty, quote unquote, fatty substance. And then eventually that is then excreted out of your body through bile that binds to fiber from like food that you eat through like your poop, basically. Mm -hmm. So one of the key things that is very, very important for your liver to be able to detoxify these substances is there being enough fiber in your body. If you're having GI issues or anything like that, your liver is likely not detoxifying properly. So optimizing gut health is really important. And like one easy way, like simple, simple way of doing this is making sure you eat enough fiber and drinking enough water. Like both of two those two things together will help you create, you know, this fibrous substances that will then increase your bowel movements and improve your overall like detoxification but also the reason why detoxifying your liver is important and like helping your body detoxify is because the way that the kind of liver works is like a busy highway so imagine there's like a bunch of cars in a highway it's like peak kind of rush hour where the cars are moving, the mm-hmm. highway is moving. Like you are, you know, getting to where you want to go, but there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Now imagine in a busy highway, an ambulance comes and literally every single car moves over to the side of the road for that ambulance to pass through. There's going to be like some clogging in that highway where like the other, the cars are just going to come last, mm-hmm. right? Like the ambulance is first. And so when it comes to our liver, while it detoxifies all these external substances, all like, you know, all the things that I mentioned, it also detoxifies your hormones, but your hormones are the cars and the external substances are the ambulance. So if there's like ambulance after ambulance after ambulance, literally passing through this highway, cars, the cars are not going to move. And so that's Mm -hmm. how that can create those hormonal imbalances where like you might get excess hormones in your body that are not being properly detoxified and are just being essentially like re like moved back into your bloodstream recirculated into your into your bloodstream and not getting detoxified there's also a couple things you can do to help your liver so like dry brushing is really good there's a couple of herbal formulas that you can also implement like i really like liver juice by organic olivia where you just put like a couple of drops in your water and that can be really good like I've been doing that after I you know go out to drink with friends the next day I'll like try to drink my liver juice Mm -hmm. just being mindful and another important thing is movement moving your body regularly can really help that's kind of like a overview of the liver and really how to support it what to be aware Mm -hmm. of how it kind of functions and then how your daily actions and choices can kind of play into the liver detoxification process. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that the liver was like involved in all of that. Like I, I just had no idea, but it really goes to show that everything in our bodies is so interconnected and like it, whether it be your menstrual cycle or like the way you digest food, what type of movement you're doing, it's all literally connected and all impacts each other, which is so crazy. <sighs> Yeah, exactly. I had no idea for so long, too. And then when I learned about the liver, I was like, oh, my gosh, you Mm -hmm. are so important. And Mm -hmm. 
more people need to know Mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And so like what things you incorporate on a daily basis to kind of like keep your hormones balanced and kind of like create a better experience when you are on your period and like maybe lower your chances of getting like bad PMS or like cramps. Cause that's something that so many of us women deal with. And like, I feel like there's this idea that it's normal to experience those things, but in reality it's not. So kind of what do you do on a daily basis? I think that's a great question. And it's very true. A lot of people are just normalizing, you know, yeah, I'm just like grumpy and in mm-hmm. horrible pain. And it's just, you know, just periods like no Mm -hmm. like it doesn't have to be like that it can actually be very ease filled if you're Mm -hmm. you know implementing there's two elements there the first one I'll talk about it's kind of like the PMS reduction and then the other element is just different lifestyle things you can do to support your hormones more on a day-to-day basis so Mm -hmm. when it comes to PMS and like paying attention to that week before your period which is called your luteal phase, and then also paying attention to your actual period. But I would say the weeks leading up to it sometimes is even more important. So what happens is a lot of the times leading up to our period, we overburden ourselves when socially and on our own body. So like, let's say there's two people. One of these, one person, one of these two women is before her period, like in those last 10 days, going on a run, like every day or like going to hit classes every day, drinking three cups of coffee, going out to drink three to four times a week. At, like it's just like a very extreme example. Mm-hmm. And going like just socializing and like leaving her house and like constantly putting herself under stress for those 10 days leading up to her period. And then there's imagine there's this other person who isn't doing those things. Like maybe she's like still having like one cup of coffee or like, one cup of green tea like after breakfast and she's still moving her body but she isn't like putting a bunch of like high impact workouts in her routine and she's still seeing friends but it's more at home cooking together or Mm -hmm. a couple of times a week like and she's not drinking so so much alcohol leading up to her period and all of that those two women are going to feel extremely different Mm -hmm. in their actual period and so really what it comes down to is leading up to your period just being mindful of these elements so reducing a little bit of your alcohol consumption reducing your caffeine consumption this doesn't mean cut it all out and don't drink it at all you just try to not drink as much try to not over caffeinate try to not overstretch yourself socially and you're gonna i i ensure 100 these women are gonna notice a difference in their pms and it's simple it's just really like the working out, the caffeine and the alcohol, reducing the intensity. And I think a lot of women, when they think about this, they're like, oh, my God, but I don't want to, let's say in the gym, like, I don't want to lose my progress and, you know, have to like move like in a more chill way on like fitness goals. But at the same time, consistency is way more important than perfection or intensity so if you're still moving your body if you're still going on a walk or lifting weights and you're just static you're not like jumping up and down like you're still contributing to your health you can still reach your goals but you're also going to be supporting your hormones and your mental health and have a more ease-filled period because 
is a fact. If you have a period, it's something you're going to have to work with. It's something that is going to be a part of your life mm-hmm. no matter what. And so it's easier to just work with it, make these tweaks to feel better because everyone wants to feel good at the end of the day. So that's when it comes to like PMS, kind of like my my take on it and what I've learned as well. Mm-hmm. So I do try to do that myself, like leading up to my period. I will slow down a little bit as much as possible. Like I'll slow down in the alcohol consumption. Maybe I won't drink. And I'll try to just prioritize matcha over coffee. And and recently, I've been, like, lifting more weights. So this past luteal phase, I just lifted lighter weights and didn't, like, try to hit a PR. Like, mm-hmm. it lift even heavier, you know? So that's kind of for the PMS component, like, luteal phase component. And then the other lifestyle switches that are really important is – It really comes down to three main pillars. First one is diet. Second one is stress. And then the third one is movement. Mm -hmm. So the diet component, what it really comes down to in my eyes is balancing your blood sugar. It's not as much about, oh my God, when you're 10 days before your period, eat this food and don't eat that food. I think that used to stress me out and confuse Mm -hmm. me. And I thought that if I was eating a certain thing, maybe I was like affecting my cycle negatively or just like not helping my cycle. But it's really a lot more about the blood sugar balance and the quality of the foods that you're eating. So, for example, if you're eating protein, making sure that you're eating high quality protein, grass fed meat. Or, you know, pasture-raised eggs, that kind of stuff. Like, if you're building your plate, incorporate all the food groups. Like, incorporate high-quality protein and so that you're, first of all, satiated after your meal. And then, second of all, not causing your blood sugar to completely spike up and fall down and make you hungry two hours later. And mm-hmm. have you on those blood sugar roller coaster all day long. Because that can also cause physical stress on your body and confuse your hormones because insulin is a hormone as well it's very important one by the way and Mm -hmm. contributing to balanced insulin which is essentially the hormone our body secretes to balance out our blood sugar the glucose in our blood then you're contributing to so much goodness for your body so Mm -hmm. when i started balancing my blood sugar and like balancing my meals that was such a game changer for my cycle for my overall wellness, something I really advocate for as a principle, just balancing your blood sugar, balancing your meals, which there's so many benefits as I just kind of like outlined. Mm -hmm. And then also when it comes to like our stress, that's extremely important because another key hormone in our body is cortisol. And if your cortisol is out of whack, your body's in fight or flight mode, Mm -hmm. your body is just getting the signal of like, We are not ready to bring life into this world. Like, no, the body is Mm -hmm. not safe right now. And that's not good for your cycle health, for your reproductive hormones. Everything else is going to be affected if your cortisol is out of whack. And so managing stress is so important. And this can look like many different things versus like outlining and realizing what is causing your stress. Are you stressed Mm -hmm. out because you don't like your job and your boss sucks and is like mean to you and causing you to overwork? Are you stressed out because... You're overthinking about the future and you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to be perfect. 
are you stressed out because like, you're feeling like socially or romantically things are not going very well and that's causing you a lot of stress just really getting clear about what that really is like right now for you and then making little switches to improve that like maybe mm-hmm. if you're freaking out about your job like hate your job maybe maybe it could be a good idea to like find a different one or like mm-hmm. look for something else that might feel more fulfilling and then you could reduce this burden that you're putting on your body another huge source of stress is physical stress in a very very basic way like if you're not eating enough your body does not feel safe if you're mm-hmm. under like under sleeping and getting less than seven hours or like even less than six hours like oh my gosh your body's not going to be operating op- optimally so those are essential like mm-hmm. those are basic things but a lot of people don't prioritize them like a lot of people don't prioritize going to bed at a reasonable hour a lot of people don't prioritize prioritize drinking water a lot of girls and we talked about this in the last episode will put their body under so much stress because they're trying to look a certain way mm-hmm. you know so maybe they're cutting down on their food and not eating enough or just forcing themselves to work out excessive amounts so that's why it's such an important pillar it's just stress reduction Mm -hmm. so like i said it can look very different for everyone and then there's the movement component which as i mentioned is important because that can be a huge source of helping you detoxify properly also for example weightlifting or like just training your muscles, building muscle can be really helpful for you to have a healthy ovulation. So finding consistent movement, like trying to move your body a few times a week. Like there's a lot of people who are quote unquote, like sedentary who don't move at all. And that can a lot of the times cause, you know, certain hormonal issues. So finding movement you like and integrating that. And I think a lot of people talk about like, cycle syncing your workouts and I try like for the most part to cycle sync them mainly in the sense that as I said it's more about the intensity so for Mm -hmm. example I've been really into weightlifting lately so I'm gonna lift a little more heavy in the first half of my cycle and then switch to like lighter weights in the second half of my cycle and maybe not lift as much during my period or at least in the first three days of my period so small Mm -hmm. tweaks it's not about ginormous and uncomfortable and not helpful and drastic switches, which I think is what a lot of people think cycle syncing is about. It's like, oh my God, I have to live by all these different rules and it's so restrictive and confusing and overwhelming. It's really more about small switches that support Mm -hmm. your daily wellness than doing crazy extreme things. Mm -hmm. So that was a very long-winded answer, (laughs) but those are like the principles that I live by. And then also the different switches you can make to reduce PMS. Mm-hmm. No, that was like such a perfect answer. And I love how detailed you go into all of it because it gives people more information and like a different perspective. And I think like the biggest, like most common theme that I picked up on what you were saying is like just getting back to the basics and like simplifying everything because it's so true that with all the information that we have out there, we think that we have to like, start eating specific foods each day of the month. And then like the first week of the month, I only do this workout. Then the second week, I only do like biking and running. And then the third week I do weightlifting. And then the fourth week, I just do like yoga. But it's like, you don't need to do that. You just like take a step back, breathe. And 
I think just getting like back in tune with your body and like listening to what your body is telling you is like the most important step in all of this. And it's just like when you're tired, sleep, like put down your phone, stop watching Netflix till three in the morning, like and sleep. Or if you're thirsty, like instead of reaching for a soda or like a sparkling flavored water, just normal water, you know, and like if you're hungry, instead of going to your usual like fast food place for lunch or like picking up something like that, just switching to something like healthier, just a different alternative and just getting back to your basics and listening to what your body is telling you is so important. So yeah, I love that. I think simplifying <clears throat> is something I, over the years after, you know, going through many different extremes of health mm-hmm. and wellness fads and trends and whatever, and mm-hmm. just like my own journey. I think simplifying and getting back to the basics has been really helpful for me and mm-hmm. it just helped me feel more grounded. Like you said, it doesn't have to be like so rigid. For example, with your example with the workouts, like mm-hmm. let's say some let's say someone's really into yoga. Like mm-hmm. maybe you can do yoga throughout your whole if that's the only workout you like, you can do it throughout the whole month, but maybe yeah. just like during the first half of your cycle go for that like a vinyasa flow and mm-hmm. like a sculpt yoga. And then in mm-hmm. the second half of your cycle, look for more of like a yin yoga or mm-hmm. yoga stretching. Like you can just adapt in small ways. Mm-hmm. And that would just probably be something that you might also energetically be seeking. Mm-hmm. So it's just following that and listening yeah. to your own body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just keeping it simple. Because I've, I've definitely experienced that before. Like and when I... First, I saw it on TikTok too, like the cycle syncing your workouts. And then I like was saving the charts and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to start doing this this week and then switch out my workout and do this. And like in practicality, like that just doesn't work for me because I don't want to do that. And it's just so much better to just like raise or lower the intensity or maybe like instead of an hour workout, just cutting back to 30 minutes and just like doing it that way, you know? And do you have like any best products or like apps that you use to kind of like track your cycle or like how do you kind of keep track of what's going on within your body in like the most simple way that you could share with people yeah definitely and that's really important right because Mm -hmm. you can know about the phases which we didn't dive into but I'll quickly give an overview which is Mm -hmm. the follicular phase the ovulatory phase the gluteal phase which I mentioned and then the menstrual which is when you're on your period Mm-hmm. Keeping track of them to truly know where you're at and which phase you're in, you have to know how to like observe your own body. And there are a few different resources I can share, which I love personally. So the first way w- which I keep track of my cycle is through something called natural cycles. There are many alternatives out there that you can use. I personally use natural cycles. Um, basically, there's two ways you can do it, but what it really looks like is taking your temperature every morning. And this doesn't mean like taking, like, I think I have a friend who literally used to think that to do that, like you have to take a thermometer and like put it up in your like <laughs> vagina. It's like, no, that's not what it means. It's literally just like putting a thermometer under your tongue every morning mm-hmm. and measuring the first baseline, basal body temperature, baseline temperature when you just woke up. And the reason for that is that when you have surpassed your ovulation, your temperature goes up to a small but higher bracket of temperature. So your temperature is a little bit higher in the second half of your cycle. And that is how you're able to know that you have passed your ovulation. You have entered the second cycle. Oh, I use natural cycle 
samples. I take my temperature every morning. I log it into the app. And then the app kind of shows you a graph and you're able to see the temperature like rise and fall. And like it, it won't be like the same every morning, but it will be in like two basically like brackets. So for mm-hmm. me, I think it's like 97.5 or 6. That's like the line that divides both. So like if it's under that, it'll be in the first phase of my cycle. And then usually after I pass ovulation, I'll be higher 97.7, 97.8, 98. Like it's just in that higher bracket. That said, it might like just switch off a little bit. It's not exact, but you will notice a very clear trend. And mm-hmm. the first month or two months, three months of taking your temperature, you're going to be getting to know your own body and getting to know those brackets for yourself. Like, so you can know which temperature you're in. These apps mm-hmm. can also help you predict when you're going to ovulate and all of that jazz. So that's the first thing. I recently got the aura ring also because the aura ring has now an integration with natural cycles. So if you don't want to have to like actually use or like measure the thermometer every morning, then you can just have an aura ring and the aura ring takes your temperature every morning for you. So that's a cool other alternative. And the aura ring is really cool because it looks like a ring and you can use it to like track your sleep and other things too, which I find really awesome. So mm-hmm. that's the first part, which is called the symptothermal method is observing your cervical fluid. So this means observing what comes out in your underwear and on toilet paper when you are on your day-to-day life. And the most important thing there is that when you ovulate, your fluid, and the most important thing is that when you ovulate, the cervical fluid is going to look exactly like a raw egg white. And this is important, raw egg white. If you break open an egg and you look at the egg white, it's clear, it's kind of like not slimy, but like mm-hmm. it's like kind of like if you took it in your hands and you tried to pull it apart, it would kind of mm-hmm. like stick together. It's not creamy. It's not like thick. It's mm-hmm. kind of watery and just clear. And mm-hmm. your cervical fluid will look like that, like probably for like three days of your cycle. And you will notice it. Like if you're mm-hmm. wiping and like your hand just like slides and you look at the toilet paper and there's like a blob of like transparent fluid, mm-hmm. you're like peak fertile. You're like mm-hmm. the most, your body's like the most ready for a potential little sperm to fertilize that, you know? Mm-hmm. So knowing and observing that is really important because you will know, okay, it's been like three, four days since that looked like, that. that's what my cervical fluid looked like. Okay, I've entered my luteal phase. I'm in the second half of my cycle. I'm no longer fertile. But leading up to that, in those, those like days that are leading up to that fluid looking like that, you're still in your fertile window. And we're only fertile for 20, like we only ovulate for 24 hours. There's 24 hours where the egg is released and like potentially then fertilized. But in the five days or so leading up to that, sperm can still live inside of your body and could still technically fertilize that egg when it is released. And that's why there's like a window where you're fertile. So it's more important to be more careful, extra careful in the first half of your cycle before you have ovulated, before you've spotted that increase in temperature, before you've noticed your fluid, you know, become clear and slimy and egg white. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how you know which phases that you're in. And when you're not fertile, when your cervical fluid doesn't look like that, 
it might be completely dry. Like there might not be anything that you're noticing or there might be kind of like this pasty cervical fluid. Maybe you'll like stick in your underwear and it'll look kind of like white, like Mm -hmm. like not like clear, but like actually white. And it will just like kind of dry in your underwear. And so that's when it's a little bit different. And sometimes that's how it will look like in the follicular phase and the phase leading up to ovulation. So the important thing really is to look out for the marker of your ovulatory fluid, because then you will really know when you're past basically the the fertile window and you enter the more chill phase of your cycle and you can spot this like bigger difference in your energy and just kind of start paying attention to film in those different phases. But those are the biggest things that I recommend. And then if anyone's also looking to learn more, there's a really cool book called Period Power, which is amazing. So I recommend checking that out too if anyone's interested. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. That was such a great episode. I learned so much. I had no idea that those two ways of tracking your cycle were even a thing. I thought I had seen like apps like Flow where you just like log in your dates and stuff, but tracking it those two ways is just such like a more reliable way of doing it, I think, because you're actually like checking your body temperature or checking like what's coming out of you. So I love that. Thank you. This is so great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I went off of birth control, I was confused for so long and mm-hmm. I was using Flow. And I think Flow, like it was created by Alyssa Vitti. She's very, very like famous in the menstrual mm-hmm. world and she's a thought leader for sure. But when you track just when you're just getting your period and then when you're not on your period and the app is predicting the phases, mm-hmm. it's not very reliable. Mm-hmm. And your body is literally giving you signals through your temperature and your cervical fluid that are way more reliable and clear as to where you're at then mm-hmm. an app just kind of what's the word like projecting like guessing like, yeah. well, you might be in this phase you know mm-hmm. so I'm glad that that was helpful and I remember when I learned about it for the first time it just blew my mind mm-hmm. and I think every woman should kind of look into it if they're thinking about, about tracking their cycle Mm-hmm. I love that. And where can people find you? I know you mentioned it in the last episode, but just give us a little recap of like where your Instagram is, your TikTok, like any socials and any resources that you have for cycle syncing. So if anyone wants to connect further with me or just be a part of my community, you can find me at the Carolina Lifestyle on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube. I also have my website, thecarolinalifestyle.com. And then if anyone wants to find any resources that I have, you can go to my store. It's stan, S-T-A-N, dot store slash the Carolina Lifestyle. And that is everything. Also, if anyone is looking for more support or wants to work one-on-one with me, just message me on Instagram and we can chat. Of course. Thank you so much for coming on. This was so great. Thank you. Thank you.